And so for me, what powers everything is really being systematically lazy. And it's funny because I always, just like you, I would always see, I would see things and I'd say, well, why don't you see that? But what I do is I try and help people to see two things. One is, is there a system that can be created where you never have to do it again? Or are there things that you're doing right now that literally you can stop, like literally stop doing, take these things out and then either put something in its place or don't even do it at all and just change this one thing. So it's a lazy way of getting out, getting out from under the thumb of the uh, the whole idea of I'm all I'm always I have to do this because this is the way we always done it. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence, so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Oh, and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I am live on the line today with Dean Soto, who is one of my favorite people in the world. Dean, are you there on the line? I am, Richard. I am. Awesome. So glad to have you here today. Um, for those of you who don't know Dean, Dean is near and dear to my heart because he has really helped grow my business a lot in the last couple of years. Um, so he is known for a couple of things. He is the founder of, or co-founder of, I believe, uh, prosulum.com, which um, works uh, on helping people find virtual assistants who, he actually helped me find my first virtual assistant and really changed my business. And he is the host of a other another podcast called Five Minutes to Freedom, which um, if you haven't listened to, I should highly suggest you should get on there because it's, uh, again, it's changed my business a lot. So I'm super excited to have you here today. Dean, to start off with, why don't you tell me what it is you're known for now? Why, what is your business like? What is it that you actually provide to the market? Yeah, so <laughs> oh, it's so good to be on, man. It's, it's, it's nice, uh, nice uh, chatting with you and being with you. Uh, we have to go have lunch again over at the Lazy Dog uh, like another <laughs> uh, few months ago. But um, yeah, so um, what am I known for? So uh, for over a decade, I've been outsourcing. And one of the major problems that I had personally was that whenever I would find someone, you know, you can go to Upwork, you know, at the time it was Elance and Odesk and all that other stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but whenever you would go to uh, Upwork or onlinejobs.ph or all these different places, um, I'd find these people, I'd go and um, hire these people and they looked good on paper. They sounded great on Skype. Everything was great. And I would start working with them and three, three months in, six months in, they would either leave or they would not be what I expected. And it was just this constant over and over and over again, where 
I was stuck training and training and training and spending hours and hours and hours and hours training. And I saw that I wasn't the only one doing this, this when it came to hiring, whether it was somebody overseas or here in the States. And so I'm like, there has to be a better way. Uh, I ended up stumbling upon a number of things, but one thing in particular was this book by a guy named Sam Carpenter called Work the System. And Work the System is a free book uh, and, uh, that you could get from his site. And I read it and I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. It's all about documenting processes, all about like being as step-by-step -step as possible with these processes. And to where you could essentially have anyone off the street do what you're doing and clone yourself. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to do this. Now I can, I, I, I can have time with my family. I can do all this. this uh, the, the, I can offload all this awesome stuff to people overseas or even people over here. And I realized when I did my first process that it freaking sucks writing all that stuff out. <laughs> yeah. it, one process literally took me about eight hours. And it was something that in my head was super simple, but actually writing it out detailed enough for somebody else to take, it was really tough. And, and when that happened, uh, I realized, crap, that sucks. But the other cool thing about it was it actually worked. I spent that eight hours and it was horrible. But when I gave it to, it was a guy named Josh Woodward at the time, he actually was doing my podcast and I outsourced my entire podcast to this guy. And I was like, this is so cool, but I never want to do that, that again. So I ended up creating this system with um, people overseas that we train them to create from video because video, you can spend five minutes, 10 minutes. That's why you have the Freedom in Five Minutes podcast. It's, it's from video. You're, you as a business owner are only spending five minutes at a time. But that other person is documenting step-by-step what you just showed them. And now that's documented, they can clone you. So, um, so yeah. So now I, I, I teach business owners. I, I get business owners set up with what, with what we call virtual systems architects which are VAs with superpowers that are able to take your five minute video, document it, and then do it and get them hooked up and completely transform their business so that they can scale fast, uh, as fast as possible. Absolutely. And it's, it's really a powerful thing too, because, you know, and you know, I, I hired a virtual systems architect from, uh, from Dean and he's been on my team now for, we just had our, our year, first year anniversary a couple months ago. Um, and he's been fantastic. And we have over the course of the last year documented somewhere close to 300 processes for our business and my clients businesses um, and other things and actually built an entire system for our podcast that allowed us to actually turn it into a service for other people. And we've started going to market with that. So we actually that's the push button podcast service and um, we can actually handle the whole process for someone, you know, from the moment they hit done record all the way through the uh, um, you know, through editing their stuff, you know, creating their graphics, creating all the written assets, doing all the research, doing all the uh, publishing and announcing everything from one step from from beginning to end, we can take it all off of someone's plate. And I don't do any of it, because my team does all of it. And we can scale it as well, because all this stuff is documented really, really well. Um, and it's, it's super cool.
<laughs> oh, I'm all tingly, man. <laughs> I love it. It's like, and so how long do you think that specific thing took you? Um, to, for just for push button podcasts? Yes. Um, so it probably took us the better part of eight months. No, how long, how many hours did it take you to document all that? You personally. Oh, so to, so me personally to document it, um, a lot of it was a uh, trial and error on our part, trying to figure out what we needed to do. But so, so the, the sort of the backstory for the hero show actually is, um, is that I started this in 2015 and I recorded eight episodes. Um, <laughs> and then I started trying to process those episodes and get them to market, yeah. um, like actually publish them. And it was, it's about eight hours of work per episode to take an hour long episode and get it to market. Um, and I just, you know, I didn't have the time to do that because I also needed to eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I needed to pay the bills. Um, so as much as I loved the concept of the show and what we're doing, I had to, I had to shelve it. Yeah. Um, and I brought Mark on from, from Prosulum. Um, and our first goal was I wanted to figure out how to get the hero show published. So we started um, looking at like all the different things. It's like, okay, what are the pieces that actually need to happen? And like the system didn't exist. So it was like our first couple of tries at it weren't that great. Um, and over the course of about eight months, it was like, okay, we know exactly what needs to happen. We have to have editing needs to happen. And then we need to have graphics are created. And then these things are need to be created. Um, and then we can start doing the publishing and then we can do the announcement posts, blah, blah, blah. So like it sort of turned into something, but the actual processes, um, are probably if, if you take out all of the experimentation and inventing a new system, um, the actual documentation of it is probably maybe 10 or 15 hours worth of processes um, that we've documented Um, and what's cool about that is that's something that we do one time and then we can update them as we improve our our systems and I have an entire back-end database of each step of the process so if I need to hire a new video editor we hire a new video editor and it's ready to go if we need to hire a new writer we hire a new writer it's ready to go and we have templates and we have everything all in there Um, and all the way down to like you know we've we've documented our process for documenting processes so like we've hired a second person who's doing process documentation for us and Uh, i love it um yeah so we are uh, um we use those processes a lot um and it's been uh it's been really really cool so like to your point i love the idea that you're like they're they're vas with superpowers um because it fits in well with our uh our our story here on the hero show but yeah that's uh it's it's a huge huge uh benefit to businesses i love it man yeah, yeah. Um, it gets even better too, because uh, I've I've actually and this is something I, I think we're actually chatting on the side with your uh, your business partner a bit about uh, um, put together a whole language for um, for describing a system. Mm-hmm. So systems, workflows, and processes and steps, and like how you actually put them together, and how how and when you should use automation and when you shouldn't, mm-hmm. um, and like where the deciding rules are, and how you like front load decisions so that you can hand work off to. Uh, um, to VAs without having them have to stop for, for decisions and stuff like that. So it's a, um, we're, we're working on writing our own book and putting our own training course together on, uh, on systems development. So a lot of it, thanks to, uh, to your, your influence on my business. I love it. That's so cool, man. So happy. (laughs) (laughs) 
So my uh, my question, my next question for you is uh, is your origin story, right? So we talk all the time. Every superhero has their origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had your own set of superpowers, and that you could use them to help other people. How did you start to develop or discover the value you could bring to this world and get into this world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, no, that's a that's a awesome question. Um, so. First and foremost, I actually never wanted to be an entrepreneur ever. Um, I my I, my family well, you're stuck I came, now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my family, like I came from a background where my so I lived with my grandma and grandpa, and my grand grandpa worked for the same company for like forty years, and everything was like you need to get a good job, stay in there, get a pension and just that's in retire when you're 65 or whatever. If you want to retire at 65, you can keep on going as long as you want. But that's, that was the background. Um, and so I never, ever, ever thought I would ever be an entrepreneur. But uh, in 2008, I found out that I was going to be deployed to Kuwait for about a year and a half. And Obviously, my wife was not too pleased, but being in the Army Reserves, that was always a possibility. And so in, in 2008, I, I got deployed to, uh, to Camp Arifjan in Kuwait. And while I was there, uh, my daughter had a... So my wife describes me and she says she's taking my daughter into the doctor and said that she has some kind of bump on the side of her side of her temple and the doctor ended up saying that it was a tumor and we didn't know if it was cancerous or whatever it didn't really matter because it had to come out because it was starting to ingrain itself into her skull and the more it did that the more likely if it was cancerous that it would end up very bad very badly um so when i got that news it was counter to some good news that I had actually gotten was that I was going to end up able to come home for Christmas, which is months, months, months later. And so I had a choice. Do I wait? You know, it's April. Do I wait till Christmas to come home or do I go on emergency leave now? And I'm like, this sucks. Why am I in this situation? I was in this situation predominantly because of money, 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 money. And then I got out, I was like, I'm, I'm going to, I have to start my own business. I don't, I never want to be caught in that situation ever again. So my wife told me to, and long story short, my wife told me to, you know, come home at Christmas. You're not going to really even going to be able to do anything for two weeks. And, uh, you know, I got home and I'm like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. There's no, um, there's no way I'm ever going to get put in that situation again. And started my own business. It was like an IT company at the time. And found myself working 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week yet again. Yeah. All for money. And trading my time for money. Not seeing my kids. Not seeing my family. And I, I knew something had to change. And so over time, I started outsourcing because it was the cheapest, most inexpensive way. Um, I never thought I could hire W2 employees in general. It just, it, uh, I, I always had like some kind of block with that. Um, 
but over time I started seeing that even when I hired people, I was, I was spending so much time. And so eventually I learned systems and eventually I was like, I can bring this to other people so that, that they can very easily start creating systems because I started finding myself working like you it, when, when you brought on Mark, it went from 40 hours a week down to like an hour a week. And I'm like, Oh, what do I do now? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that's what was happening was um, I started seeing that my drop shipping company was work uh, was running on its own. My affiliate marketing, all these different companies working on its own. And, and so it was from that that I'm like, huh, I'm, I must have some kind of skill set that other people need. And I found out, you know, from small mom and pop people to now we have people in Inc. 500, uh, Inc. 500 companies who um, use our services, use our virtual assistants architects because they want to be able to go from working 60 hours, 70 hours a week down to Richard Matthews style, four hours a week, four hours or four hours a month, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I do, uh, I do work more than that cause I'm still, uh, <laughs> still in the process of building things, but yeah, I, uh, it, it definitely went from, from working, you know, 60 hours a week on stuff that I needed to get done in order to get paid to, um, I, we, I average four to five hours a day now. Um, and probably 80, 90, 120, 180 hours a week of work gets done. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's one of those time leverage things that you don't like, I don't know why we have such a mental block about it in, in the, uh, entrepreneur space. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a, you know, if, if I can figure out a way to put in an hour's worth of work and get 10 hours of work back, yeah, that's, that's insanity. Um, right. And I was, uh, the, the, the cool thing about systems documentation is that it's significantly better than that, but people don't believe you when you tell them. Totally. Right. So you say, you know, I can put in an hour and get 10 hours of work out there. Like that's insane. But like the reality is if you put in an hour building a system um, that can be repeated ad nauseum, um, you put in an hour's worth of work, you never have to touch it again. Totally. Right. So we're talking thousands upon thousands of hours of return on that kind of investment. Yeah. Um, so, but nobody believes you when you say that. So if you don't believe me, just ignore it and, and go back to the uh, one hour for 10 um, <laughs> and do it a couple of times and see what it does in your business. <laughs> uh, so my next question is about your superpower, right? So this is what you do or build or offer this world that really helps solves problems for people, the things you use to, you know, slay the world's villains, so to speak. And the way that I have been framing this for my guests lately is something that sort of shifted for me um, was realizing that you probably have a lot of skill sets, right? A lot of things that you might think I'm really good at these things. Um, but if you really look at them, there's probably one thing, your zone of genius or your superpower that really energizes everything else. Right. For me, that was like, I, I'm a systems guy. Like I think that way. Right. And, and thinking in systems and being able to see systems where other people don't see systems is what allowed me to do a lot of things. Right. I was really good in webinars and really good at writing copy and really good at these other things because I was, I could see the systems behind them. Yep. For you, do you know what your, your skill set is that sort of energizes or powers the rest of your skills that you have sort of your, your zone of genius or your superpower? Yes. So my superpower 
And I always thought, like, I thought, well, maybe I'm a systems guy. That's really what I am. And like, that actually was something that is, it's almost like a result of really, and this is going to sound really weird because this, this is, this is what um, my, my grandma always used to tell me the lazy man does twice the work. And that was meant as like a bad thing. And, you know, because I would always be cutting corners. I would always be trying to find some way to be, to, to get out of doing work. And she would just get so frustrated with me. And I heard that pretty much <laughs> every day or every week, the lazy man does twice the work. And um, so what I've actually found is I'm not really totally a systems guy. I, I, my, where I help people. You're an optimizer. Is, yeah. Like where, where, cause there's, there's sometimes where literally there's, there's, you don't even need a system. It's just one, one thing that either needs to get like you, you're doing something that's stupid to begin with. Just stop doing that stupid thing. Um, it's finding these little things that, that, you know, people get stuck uh, and you see this with when you're helping people with systems, people get stuck with the, this is the way we've always done it, especially in archaic, uh, you know, real estate, there's, there's tons of people like that, which uh, you and I both know <laughs> intimately. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's ways that things have always been done. And sometimes it's always, it's, sometimes it's just as simple as saying, well, don't do that. And so for me, my, the, what's powers everything is really being um, systematically lazy and, and seeing that there's, you know, there, that is being able to, and, and it's funny cause I always just like you, I would always see, I would see things and I'd go, I'd, I'd say, well, why don't you see that? Um, but what I do is I try and help people, um, to see two things. One is, is there a system that can be created where you never have to do it again? Or are there things that you're doing right now that literally you can stop, like literally stop doing, take these things out blah, 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 and then either put something in its place or don't even do it at all and just change this one thing. So it's, um, it's this, it's this, um, lazy way of, of getting out, getting out from under the thumb of the, uh, the whole idea of I'm all, I'm always, I have to do this because this is the way we always done it. I, I have one customer, his name is Matt Laird. Um, he's number 117 in our podcast, the Freedom Fitness podcast. And he comes from the oil and gas industry. And it is super archaic and old. Yeah, yeah. And he has literally taken all the stuff that his competitors think have to happen in customer service, in, in uh, delivering lubricants, in, um, in how many employees there has to be. Um, his, so he's Inc. 500, number three fastest growing company in Oklahoma, um, like number 36 in the energy sector in, in the Inc. 500. And he, so his next competitor up has a hundred plus employees 
and he has less than 10. And a lot of that is simply because, because we talk all the time, is simply because of taking, like not doing what everyone else is doing. Just, you don't need to do that. Stop doing that. That's it. And here, just use this little piece of software and you're good. And that's it. Yeah. Um, so I, so I call that uh, I call that being aggressively lazy. <laughs> um, so so my uh, my my best friend and business partner, Fiore, and I both that that trade where we're we're aggressively lazy, where we will spend um, an obscene amount of time to <laughs> develop something, so we never have to touch it again, right? <laughs> uh, and most people will continue touching the thing forever, right? Because it, it most people are like if it only takes me an hour and I do it an hour once a week for the rest of my life, I'm like, I don't want to do that. If, if it's the same thing that's happening, you know, once a week, if I can spend 20 hours to, you know, over the next week to fix it and then I never have to do it again. Right. It's a, it's a type of delayed gratification um, where, where you're, where you're taking like um, it was a, one of my mentors growing up. And I think it was, it was really powerful that he said this to me as much as he did. And it sort of translated into everything in my business was, he said hard things first, right? If you do the hard things first, everything else will be easy, yep. right? And most people, and I see this in my children a lot, and you probably see this in your children a lot too, um, is they will look at their set of things to do and they'll do the easiest thing, right? The, the path of least resistance. Yeah. Um, and then their life just gets progressively harder as they go. Yeah. Um, and I keep trying to show them the other way of doing things. But like for me, I'm always like, what is the most complicated, difficult thing I could possibly do to, that will make it so I don't have to do anything afterwards, right? So everything else is easy. Totally. And it's funny. I was talking with my wife about that. That's where like the whole, the lazy man literally does do twice the work, but mm -hmm. to, to never have to do that thing again, just like that, like, just like you where it's where, yeah, I might spend five hours trying to figure something out that takes me, th that usually takes me 30 minutes uh, a, a week or 30 minutes a day. But once that five hours is done, it's, it's just like as if you bought like a rental property, like you, yeah, you pay up front, but eventually your, your, the idea is that you're recouping your, yeah, your you're creating like passive time, right? Passive over, income in, in, in terms of time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the whole um, idea behind there. Um, one of my favorite people, David Hannemeyer Hansen, he wrote rework with Jason Fried, the base camp guys. 37 signals. Um, he was on an interview and he, he simply just said, I, I refuse to do the same thing twice. And I was like, that's brilliant. Most people would be content with, with, well, I'm working hard. I, you know, I, I have to do this question. I have to go through and um, walk customers through this questionnaire or onboarding, or I have to do whatever. No, like if I, do I really have to do this thing? I'm not going to do it. If I, if I have to do it twice, it's pretty much an indication that there's a process or a system there that can be offloaded in some fashion or another. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, I, yeah. I love it. I, I'm, I might, I might steal that and stick it on my window up here. Refuse to do the same thing twice. <laughs> um, because well, it's, it, it, it's almost like a compulsion for me. Like I, I've kind of got an obsession with it. It's like, if I've, if I've done it more than one time, I'm like, I need to figure out a way to systemize that. Yeah. Um, and my, uh, um, <laughs> my group of friends and my mastermind group all sort of think I'm nuts um, because I, you know, not a lot of people think that way, but uh, 
um, they're like, Oh, you're the crazy one who, uh, who does things. And you know, we were at a, at one of my mastermind with, it's a small group. We got like eight or eight of us and we all come every, every year with like, here's some things I'm going to teach. And I, I did a, a, a talk on how to build systems and processes in your business. Right. Cause everyone hears, like you should have systems and processes. And then they are like, well, that's great. I know I need to have systems and processes. WTF does that mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right so what do I do next? Um, yeah. Right. And everyone's like, oh, McDonald's is great. They've got cool systems. And they're like, that's cool. Well, how does that translate into your life? So I showed them like, here's how you do it. Like how you take something that you're doing over and over again and how you actually build a process around it. Um, and I used our push button podcast as an example for it. Like, here's, you know, I was like, just like, here's what we're talking about. Here's how, how it works out in the real life. Here's another thing. Here's another example of how it works out in real life. Um, and by the end of it, they were all like, are you selling that? And I was like, <laughs> selling what? Uh, and they were like the, the podcast thing. And I was like, I'm not right. It was just for my business. And then, yeah. the, you know, you know, yeah. the whole being blind to your own things. They were like, people will pay you for your systems that you've already developed. And I was like, that's genius. <laughs> right. So not only does it save you time, but it can also, when you build systems, systems are, um, are what allow you to innovate in market spaces. For sure. For sure. So, um, and scale like, uh, because sure you could be the one doing all the work behind push, but, uh, the push button podcast system, uh, but you can only take on a certain amount of clients. Yeah. And yeah. I can, I can, uh, I can handle, um, like I couldn't even handle one. Yeah. Couldn't even handle my own. So much. <laughs> because... exactly. And so, but now it's like, okay, well, you know, your numbers, now you can just add when you add X amount of clients, you add, you know, another virtual assistant or you add whomever. And you, and you, and there's, it's, it's, uh, that's where like, because you were lazy enough to make all the systems around your podcast, that became something of value to somebody else that you can literally, Oh, I have the system. I just need to turn on the switch to actually let people pay for the system. Like yeah, that's yeah. how <laughs> awesome the aggressive laziness can be. The, uh, the biggest problem with flipping the switch is like, I needed to have customer onboarding systems, which I didn't have before. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I guess I got to develop customer onboarding systems and take another couple of months to build that. But yeah, totally. the, uh, um, the, the thing that's really cool is like, we've, we've got it separated now. So like, because I've got, I've got three test clients, um, for that, that was, I was like, Hey, I'm going to just beat the hell out of my systems with you if you'll let me. Um, and so I got three test clients and we know exactly like for an hour's worth of content, how much time does it take our editors? How much time does it take our graphic designers, our writers? And so we know it's like, hey, we can handle five shows that are this length for this number of people. If we add another five shows, we need to add one more media person, one more writer, one more graphic designer, and then everything's ready to go. So I know exactly how we're going to grow, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. Um, and that means, you know, over the next year, I, for, for me and our business going from, three clients to 30 clients doesn't change my workload at all. Yeah. Right. It'll, it'll change. It'll change a bit of my business. It'll change it a lot actually. Cause I'll have to, I'll be forced into a more real CEO position where I'm like looking at how do we hire people and direct a company and, you know, bring on COOs and other things like that. Um, but like the actual work I don't have to be involved in It's scalable ad nauseum. Totally. Totally. And sellable. No. 
and sellable, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, that's actually uh, another thing that I, I, I just wanted to, uh, to mention for people who are watching this. If you haven't, you, if you can't tell, I'm really excited about Dean and the work he does. <laughs> if you haven't brought in a VASI to do this, one of the things that um, really blew me away, I was working with, and I still work with them, a, a company that does physical product sales on Amazon. And um, they are looking to exit their business in the next 10 years because they want to retire. Um, and one of the things that um, we talked about was they needed to document all of the processes in their business. Otherwise, you have something they call the uh, golden handcuffs. Yep. Um, and the golden handcuffs being you can sell your business, but you have to stay on for the next five or 10 years. Um, and your payout comes out over those 10 years for your business because you have to train the new CEOs and you have to train everyone how to do all the different things. Um, whereas if you had everything documented, you could just hand them the whole business as a package and walk away. Um, and the business is worth more, like significantly more when all the systems are documented. Um, so everything all the way down to like, we have them going through their warehouse and their manufacturing facilities and like taking their iPhone out and being like, this is where the label maker is. And when the labels are done, you take them from here and you move them over to here and you put them in the bottle machine, blah, blah, blah. Like, like documenting all the processes because the way that it's currently done is when someone changes positions or they hire a new person, one person comes in and trains them how to do that thing, right? So, or the, the boss comes in and trains them how to do those things. And when you learn how to develop systems um, and document those systems, now you have a sellable business. Totally, totally. So, Yeah, it's funny because that's actually one of the things that brought this all on is because back in the day, I, so I used to sell on Amazon, used to do sponsored ads, all, all that stuff for um, my business. Well, he was, he was for, for, for my cousin at the time, um, he, he ran a big um, multi-million dollar Amazon warehouse. But when people would leave, there would be two to three people helping the new person. And now you have th like the man hours of three people like being taken up because there was no processors or anything like that. And that was one of the definitely contributing factors. Um, just in general, like a lot of companies run that way. And as soon as you create these documented systems and it doesn't, it's not hard, um, at least when you do it the way that we do it, the, you, you find that exactly what you said, your multiple for selling that business goes through the roof. Um, yeah. Nobody wants to buy, buy a business that they have to be in. Yeah, I have, uh, I have decided that uh, the way most businesses approach, approach systems is um, the, the term for it is poorly managed chaos. <laughs> um, and it's amazing how much of business is chaos, right? And there's nothing wrong with that particularly, um, but um, you can dramatically increase a business's output and a business's value and other things when you start to take that chaos and order it. Yeah. Um, and, but it's not to say that when you, when you, you know, cause businesses do it all the time, they're super successful and have, um, have systems that are like, you know, three people helping one person do the thing. It works. Yep. It works. Right. You can do that. Um, but we're just saying there's a better way. That's more yeah. efficient, more profitable and, <laughs> 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 and everything. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so the flip side of superpowers, right? If your superpower is being aggressively lazy, the flip side of superpowers is your fatal flaw, right? So just like Superman has his kryptonite, right? Something that has held you back in growing your business, growing your brand, doing those things. And I think more importantly than what it is, it's held you back. But how have you sort of dealt with that 
um, for people who struggle with the same kind of thing, uh, maybe they could learn a bit from you. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, so with the aggressive laziness comes with the idea that I, there are certain things I just don't want to do in general. And one of the things that has actually held me back has actually been marketing. Um, I'm not, so I, I know a lot of marketing. Uh, I know copywriting. I know, you know, I read pretty much all of Russell Brunson's books, tons of different marketing books. And for whatever reason, um, because I'm, it might not seem like it because I do talks just like you do. Um, all, you know, all over the place where we talk at WeWork and spaces and a couple of different uh, uh, arenas and stuff, not arenas like arenas, but just like different venues. I'm, I'm an introvert by nature. And so when I see like there, it, it, marketing does not just come natural to me. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's been, so whenever I try and do any type of marketing in general by myself, it tends to fall flat. And then I go, well, why am I marketing? I'm just going to go work on my homestead. And, <laughs> and it's so, fun. yeah, it's more fun. You know, I'm making enough right now where, you know, it's, it's very comfortable. And, you know, my, my, my eight kids. Uh, so we have, we have one on the way, by the way. So you, you knew when we had seven, we have one on the way. So eight kids, uh, we live very nice, a very nice life. And so, one of the, so it's always been marketing in general. So it's funny because people are like, wow, you had pro Saloon for like 10, almost a decade. And I've never heard of you. And I'm like, yeah, it's cause I suck at marketing, but it's all good. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I have a good client base that, that, uh, I'm very picky and selective of who I work with in general. Um, I kick a lot of people out. We actually just kicked one person out who did not want to um, follow our system and we gave them multiple chances. You will, if you do not follow our system, you will not be a client and I have no problem just saying bye. But marketing in general is not my strong suit. So I, the way that I get around that is, um, is that I partner up in some fashion or another, whether it's through how many people they bring in or a full partnership or anything like that um, with people who are very good at marketing and who have that personality. And so, so like right now, Paul, Paul, who you met, Paul Tran, um, you know, he's built, he's marketed for companies like five guys burgers. He, he helped build them from, I think he said like seven stores to now they're two, 3000 stores. Um, nice. Amazing sales guy. Um, he owns 11 of the halal guys in Southern California. Um, he's been able to get us into um, very large companies that, uh, that we wouldn't have been able to get into otherwise. Uh, and so I'm like, why should I do that when someone else is better? And I don't want to necessarily have to hire someone. I want someone who is has like stake in like some kind of stake and has some kind of like some kind of 
motivation to grow the business. And so uh, that's, that's happened many, many, many times. Uh, one of the books that I wrote on Amazon called Leverage, which I'm republishing, I'm also republishing another book, probably within the next month called uh, Freedom in Five Minutes, um, talks about partnering. And if you do it right, it's such an easy way to just outsource, <laughs> outsource something you're not good at. And, uh, and uh, like bringing on Paul literally grew my business like 400% just within two, three months. So that's really cool. So you, you said something else too, that I, I kind of want to touch on a bit. Cause I think.